Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are happy to be back here in the beautiful city of Manhattan. City never sleeps, better slip you ambient, New York. We got a beautiful episode coming up. First, we're going to start off, as of course is tradition, with a little bit of Mets Yanks banter, everybody's favorite. We might even have a little uh, guest cameo appearance from a little someone. We will find out soon. Then we'll go into a segment that we call, Who the Fuck Is That? We're not going to name the player, but we'll name a couple stats, and then we will guess who that player is. We might have a little bit of time at the end of this episode to go into a segment that we call, Knights of the Round Table, a.k.a. Knights of the Round Baseball Table Discussion between a couple of guys talking about baseball. Michael, you got anything to add? Couldn't be happier to be back, sitting here, ready to talk some baseball. Let's do this. So, thing. ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we got to hit you a little Tommy Rowe, Sweet Pea. How we doing, baby? Come on. favorite Tommy Rose Sweet Pea gotta give it up to uh, Warner Records or whoever the fuck recorded that one well we are happy to be here back episode cuatro in honor of Cinco de Mayo we are speaking Spanish for the entirety of this episode buenos dias uh, that's all I got come on so Michael I believe I would like to start with a little bit of Mets discussions before yeah. we go into the Yanks. Yeah, we gotta talk about it, and I've been waiting for days to hear it, because the Mets really stink. The Mets stink, yes they do. I can't sing along to that. Do-do-do, they are do-do. No, refuse to sing along to that. Uh, but I will agree that I am, I think I am officially in panic mode, and it's only May 9th. We started off red hot, as we so often do. Two-week Mets. The April two-week Mets. It really is unbelievable how Clockwork. they can build up your spirits so high, and then they drop you down going a million miles an hour. 9.81 meters per second. That is terminal velocity. Is Mickey I think, Callaway, or something like that. Is Mickey Calloway the greatest opening two-week manager of all time. This guy's well, no, record because it's, 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 it's not just unbelievable. It's not just him. We, no, I know, it, but it, it, it's a small sample size. I know, but... The, but Mets, the Mets, as a team, are probably the best first two-week team in the history. Best baseball. opening day record of all time. It's unbelievable, folks. And you really got to tip your cap, but you got to put your cap back on because after that two-week period, they decide to suck the biggest of Dookie Cakes. If it's, it's always one thing is wrong... When the other thing is going swimmingly. Started off, the pitching, which was supposed to be the best in baseball, as we know, as we mentioned on every fucking episode, the pitching decides to blow big duty cake chunks, and the hitting decides to wake up, and we're dropping nine runs a game, so it doesn't even matter that the pitching 
is throwing duty cake across home plate. Now, the tables have turned. Oh, how the turntables. We can't hit for shit against a Padres staff that doesn't really have anybody beyond Chris Paddock, who is a rookie phenom, and you got to tip your cap to him. Um, and the pitching is finally deciding to hold it down. Syndergaard is still a huge concern. The fact that he, yes, he did have a great, complete game, shutout, only run of the game, one of the only guys to ever do that in baseball. But beyond that, outside of that start, he's been a little bit of a dookie cake. And that is extremely alarming. Uh, you know, I believe on the last episode, Mike, you said, are you in panic mode yet with Syndergaard? And I said, give him one more start. So I gave him one more start, gave up five earned. Start after that, complete game shutout with a Don, player of the week. Now it looks like he's regressed back to his former duty cake self, giving up four earned runs in his last start. And you hate to see it, folks, because it really is, it's taken a beautiful thing that the Mets were, Mets were supposed to be this solid team. They finally get the offense behind them. They got Pete Alonso mashing absolute dongs. You got Jeffy Mack. When are you coming back? A.K.A. Ty Cobb 2.0. Jeff McNeil is the greatest player to hit the, uh, hit the major since Ty Cobb. I believe um, oh, you can go on record saying that. Oh, Hold on. I think we're getting... What? Are, we getting a, uh, are we getting an angry call? I think we're getting a call. call. First podcast call coming in. Folks, well, let's pick it up. Hello, caller. Oh, we're doing. Can I ask who's calling? Uh, this is uh, Matt from Hoboken, New Jersey. Oh, Matt, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well, but honestly, I was a lot better a couple weeks ago. You know, these. Uh, I just wanted. I want to talk about the Mets real quick. Like you were saying, we started off so hot. Last 13 games, four and nine. A complete reversal of the pitching and the hitting. Pitching is now untouchable. Hitting, non-existent. I really don't understand it. And let, let me ask you something. Uh, as, as a Mets fan, how do you feel about having the fourth worst run differential in the National oh, League? Jesus. Right there with the Giants, Pirates, and the Marlins. <laughs> how do you feel about that? Not too good. Honestly. Really not too good. You know, you play a team like Cincinnati at home, four-game set. A team that has had an abysmal offense all season long. Even with all those trades, they bring in Puig. They bring in Matt Kemp, horrible. Yep. You know, they, they trade for Sonny Gray, he's been alright. You know, Alex Wood hasn't been able to pitch. This team stinks. The Reds are terrible. And you're at home, and you split? Two and two? It can't happen. How do you do that? That can't happen. Can I make you feel a little bit better as Mets fans? Sure, Michael. Well, your team stinks. But, <laughs> the Reds are bad record-wise. However, the underlying numbers... Not as bad. Devastatingly tough division. The Reds have mm. a plus 23 run di differential. Wow. That's because they're pitching. I mean, Luis Castillo is a stud. He's right. Down. He's a stud. Rest of that division looks like this. St. Louis Cardinals. Having a great start to the season. 21-16. and 16. Schmitty Boy. Plus 13. That's not as good as the Reds. Oh, Schmitty Warbenman Jansen. Milwaukee Brewers. Home of Christian Pete Davidson Yelich. Plus two run differential. They've won six in a row. Wow. Not going to get into the Cubs because they have a plus 57 run differential. Really? But the point is, the Cincinnati Reds, the record 
pretty bad, but a team that you can understand losing to some games to, no? But you guys are right. The Mets really Absolutely. do stink. I mean, the, the thing they is, do. though, look, it's a long season, okay? So I'm not giving up hope. And yet we are four and a half games back right now. We're 17 and 20. Yeah, that kind of sucks. But Jed Lowry supposed to come back tomorrow, Friday. They're going to postpone it a little bit. We were all kind of anticipating that. He comes back early next week. Let's see if he turns out to be the uh, that strong core guy, top of the lineup kind of guy. If he can come in and give this offense a little bit of a rejuvenation, if you will, I think that would be huge for the team. I mean, the guy, he's, he's, he's got solid career average, very consistent, definitely a plus on defense. Um, I think getting a guy like that might be a nice little spark, you know? You, you, you can't expect rookies like Pete Alonso to carry a team. Granted, the guy is unbelievable. Again, you can't rely on young guys like that. Nimmo, I, I really, this, this one's killing me because I was so high on the Nimmo train last year. And to see him, he's not smiling as much. I don't see him sprinting to first base after a walk as much. The fact that he doesn't have a 400 on base percentage this year, very frightening. This is such a big regression from last year that I don't think anybody could have predicted something quite this substantial. When the guy gets as many walks as he did last year, and he has such a good batter's eye, he hits for average, to see this sort of regression is a little a little alarming. I would definitely agree that it's alarming with Nimmo, uh, but there have been signs that this isn't going to be a season-long issue. He's still walking at a borderline elite rate, like right under the, the likes of Mookie Betts. Okay. The only issue is that his swinging strike rate mm. is a lot higher than it was you know, at this point last year. But his plate discipline hasn't really changed. And another thing that does concern me about that is that him and Mickey Callaway are butting heads a little bit on his approach at the plate. Right. And I think that is going to bode a lot worse for Mickey Callaway than it will for Nimmo. I really think that uh, Nimmo has the ability to turn the corner. I don't know if it'll be this week, mm. but you know, I think maybe a week or two down in the AAA to work on his swing. Very good points. And just, just one second, uh, Matthew, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up the phone, um, but we'll let you into the studio, and you can continue talking uh, live here in person. How does that sound? Uh, sounds great. That would be All great. Right. Thank you. We'll, we'll see you soon. Three, two... One, hang up the phone, and who is that at the door? Michael, you want to check the door? Yeah, let me at the door. Hey, Matt. How you doing, buddy? Guys, I made it. I'm in the studio. It's an honor. Well, we're real happy to have you, Matt. Yeah, thanks for coming here today. Uh, appreciate the call. I do want to say one thing. I've been giving the Mets a lot of shit. No, but. Yeah, there's no doubt there, Michael. We're giving a big butt here. All right, I like big butts. Cannot I cannot lie. lie. These other brothers, brothers they can't cannot deny. deny. When a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. You get sprung, ladies and gentlemen. Now, what I wanted to say about the Mets. Mm. The Mets, over the last 10, 3-7, and seven, not great. Dookie kick. Things coming crashing down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. The whole team has not been on the same page. It's either the hitting's good and the pitching's not. The pitching's good and the hitting's not. However, all that being said, only four and a half games back. The rest of the division is not that great. 
there's plenty of time left for the Mets to right the ship and get this thing going and potentially make a run at a playoff spot. Not saying it's going to happen, but they do still have a shot. It's not as bad as the Washington Nationals. Right? They are Dookie K. Colt at the beginning of the season. I knew they were going to suck absolute dong. And I'm very glad that they are putting... That's a lot of injuries, man. Trey Turner, Juan Soto, knew, Anthony Rendon, they're three best players that have been start, injured. They didn't make enough big moves after losing Harper, and I had a feeling that they were going to suck a lot of Dukies this season. Glad to see that's actually coming to fruition. Fortunately for the Mets, the seven of their next 16 are against an ailing Washington Nationals. That also includes six against a Miami Marlins team. Yep. That is absolute trash. Yep. And then three against the Detroit Tigers team that is supposed to be tanking. They're playing around 500 ball. You can't complain about the Tigers' performance this year, but that's a team that the Mets, you know, coming into the season had full expectations to be able to beat. So Exactly. Well, yeah. about it. So, again, long season. That's baseball season. Um, got a lot, of, a lot of things to come this season, so we'll, uh, we'll see how it pans out. And I believe it is time for a word from our sponsors. Oh, the Hess Truck's back, and it's better than ever. It's Christmas this year. The Hess Truck's here. The Hess Truck's back, and it's better than ever. Christmas this year. The Hess Truck's here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Hess Truck. It's coming in hot. Better get those wheels, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, boy, it's a Hess truck. Everybody's getting a ride on the Hess truck. It's here. Ladies and gentlemen, the Hess truck is here. It's better than ever. It's Christmas this year. Not next year, not last year. This year, it's Christmas. Santa Claus is coming to town. What is he bringing? He's bringing the Hess helicopter. He's bringing the Hess pickup. And he's bringing the Hess 18-wheeler. And you can't stop him. It's going right under the tree. You're going to open it up next morning. You're going to be a very, very happy little boy. No Red Rider BB gun. Only Hess trucks. You know what I really appreciate about the Hess truck is that every single year mm-hmm. it comes back yeah. better than ever. Better than ever every year. Unbelievable yeah. stuff. There aren't, I mean, name another thing that comes back every year better than ever. Better than ever? I don't think so. Twinkies, and they've been the same for years. Uh, ring things, they haven't changed. But the Hess truck? Munchkins? Munchkins? That's Dun- Dunkin' Down, 25 pack? Oh boy. But Hess truck? It's better than ever. Every single year. How many improvements can they possibly make? The Hess truck's here. Ladies and gentlemen, the Hess truck is back. Better than ever. Gotta love it. Absolutely have to suck it. It's Yankees time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Yankees banter section of the episode. Uh, Michael. You gotta be riding your whorehouse. Your whorehouse. <laughs> oh shit! Damn, I meant to say high horse, and I said whorehouse. That's fucked. Well, sorry about that. One too many fireball shots. Yayo. Um, the Yanks, Michael. They are battered beyond belief. They are playing with a Triple A team that apparently is made up of all stars. Can you explain? What thoughts are going through your mind right now as a Yankees fan riding this unbelievable Hess truck of a journey? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's unbelievable. I think we sat here a week and a half ago, and we agreed that the mantra for this team sitting at 12 and 10, 
just coming off losing Aaron Judge was going to be, can they stay afloat? Stay afloat. Stay afloat. Rubber ducky in the tub. Now, the thing about that was that it kind of felt like when he went down, Aaron Judge was like the one guy that they really couldn't afford to lose. Well, the Yankees, who just won 3-1 tonight, stellar performance from Jay Happ. The happy fella came through again. We're going to get to him in a second. Happy fella. They've now played to a 16-6 and record over their last 22 games. I don't think anyone could have seen this coming. So what I want to do, there's a lot of positives, but I want to give someone a shout-out who I don't think is getting enough credit right now. Who is, that? who is that, Michael? It's the manager, Aaron Boone. Mr. Boone! Now... Count me as one of the people who scrutinizes the guy a lot. Makes a lot of decisions that I don't necessarily agree with on his game-to-game bullpen management. We remember that two episodes ago, or one episode ago. He also, and I know this is partially coming down from the front office, benches some guys after they had a nice little day the day before. A lot of teams do that this, these days. Don't like it. But you got to give him a ton of credit, in my opinion, because he's kept this team believing that they can go out and win every single day with this cast of characters, and he's he's adjusting his managerial style. He no longer has those big boppers, played some small ball, now they're starting to get some of the guys back, and I just think he's doing a really good job. You can't argue with the results, and he deserves to be near the top, if not at the top, of people who deserve credit for what the Yankees have been able to do. Yeah, I mean, I've, again, if I, I think once they get healthy and they start producing on an even more insane level than they are right now, you're looking at a team that maybe is at you know 110 wins, possibly, when they get everybody back. Then you're looking at Aaron Boone, manager of the year, no question. Right. I think it would be a lock. And I think the story is going to be, well, look at what he was able to do with... Exactly a team that had no business playing to the caliber that they've been playing so far. So I wanted to give him a shout-out to start my segment here. Now let's get to the guys who are putting on the uniform day in, day out. The pinstripe babies, if you will. A lot of guys deserve shout-outs. Going to lead it off with a guy who I sat here about a month and a half ago when we started this podcast and said he was a humongous addition for the Yankees. His name is DJ LeMayhew. This guy has been gigantic. I said it before the season started. They needed a guy who could lengthen the lineup, put the ball in play, and wasn't going to be swinging for the fences. He strikes out the least on the team, and he is just clutch. He's a guy that you feel comfortable with in a big situation, constantly puts the ball in play, and he puts together great at bat after great at bat, not to mention plays a gold glove caliber second base, a pretty good third base for someone who's never been there before. He has been excellent. So, quick question. When yes. you, do you think that when you get guys back like Judge, Stanton, Hicks, who's coming back soon, are you going to revert a little bit back to that bomb or bust team that we saw last year? That we saw a couple, you know, a couple downfalls there. I'm, or, ho- I'm hoping the answer is no. It's tough to say. You know, you cannot, uh, you can't say right now. I think a lot of people want to jump ahead and talk about, you know, who's the odd man out? 
when the Yankees get everyone back. Well, let's get everyone back. You know, let, let's run into this problem, quote-unquote, that they're going to have. Of too much depth. When they actually get there. You also can't not play these guys when they come back. Right. Some of these guys are absolute superstars, and they're automatically getting injected back into that lineup. Right. I mean, it's good to have those extra depth pieces, you know, those guys who have come to play that you wouldn't expect things from, like, uh, I know one of your favorites, Giovanni Urshela. Oh, the Urshman. The happy fella. <laughs> you know, him, Talkman hasn't been amazing, but he's been very serviceable. Oh, the Sockman? The, yeah, Talkman the Sockman. You know, he's been serviceable yep. out there, yep. and he's doing his job, keeping, you know, the team alive. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the one... It's tough. I mean, Michael Talkman's not long for this team when they get guys back. He's... He's had some moments for them. You know, five RBI game against the Red Sox, so that's great. Right, he's been serviceable. He, he's not someone that I feel good about coming to the plate. But then they get they went and picked up a guy like Cameron Maven, who, this guy, when he's healthy, has been a productive Major League Baseball player. Someone that I feel comfortable with as, like, a you know fourth outfielder type. It's not a bad guy to be running out there every single day. I'm not going to get worried about, you know... Who, who's going to be in and out of the lineup when they get guys healthy. The one guy that I really think has made an impression and honestly might be forcing the issue, should he continue to play at this level or anywhere close to it, of, of taking someone's spot a little bit, is going to be the most happy fella. It's Giovanni Urshela. This guy has been a godsend for the Yankees. More so than any of these other guys who have come up and done something for them offensively and defensively, it's been Giovanni Urshela. Such timely hits. Timely hits, good at bats. I mean, two of the last three days. I mean, two days ago, they're down 4-2. He had made an error in the game. It's like the first error I've ever seen the guy make. And he smacks a a home run to Monument Park in the ninth inning on an 0-2 pitch. That's unbelievable stuff. Tonight, 1-0 game. What do you have to do? You got to tack on. You need some insurance runs. Big base hit on what was a really good pitch, a really good piece of hitting. Yep. Yankees go up 3-0. What happened in the ninth? Domingo Santana hits a home run. Game would have been 1-1. Yankees win 3-1. So he has been spectacular. I do think that he, um, if he keeps playing like this, I think it pushes Andujar to more DH at bats. So that's something that I think will happen they don't have that issue yet um but you know just because we are pressed a little bit for time here i do want to say one more thing another guy who has been right atop the list of special yankees so far domingo sunday herman holy shit domingo herman this guy is a throw-in in the martin prado deal it's crazy that the yankees made with the marlins a few years ago so, what has he done? Well, Luis Severino goes down. That opens up a spot for Domingo Herman. Herman, AL ranks through his last start. Batting average against, 157. That's first in the American League. OBP against, 218. Wow. First in the American League. That's crazy. Slugging percentage against, 252. First in the American League. This guy's a stud. He is pitching like an ace. How the fuck is this guy doing this well? He's pitching like an ace. A lot of raw talent. Needed to harness it. Can't say that I was ever expecting this. 
but man, he I mean, he looks like one of the best pitchers in the American League right now. He deserves a shout out and uh he's a guy that I believe he's a uh, he's a stick out. Stick out. Stick out. Jermont's uh, always been a guy who's had the talent. He's had nasty stuff, um, but always had command issues that he couldn't seem to reel in. A lot of walks. Mm. Um, and based on those stats that uh, Mike just gave us with the OBP, you could really tell that he's reeled in the walks and been able to really just pound the strike zone, force guys to put it in play, and uh, fortunately they haven't been getting any hits. He's doing the damn thing. And you really got to tip your cap once, twice, three times. And uh, this is kind of just a little side note on this. So I mentioned Domingo Herman came over in the Martin Prado deal. Yeah. Well, Miami Marlins. Not only did they trade notable stars, JT Realmuto, Christian Yelich, Marcelo Zuna. You can thank Gio for that. Carlos Stanton. Yeah. But what else did they do? RIP Jose Fernandez. Of course. But they also traded... Chris Paddock, Luis Castillo, and Domingo Herman. Wow. It is sad and unbelievable to think how good that team could have been. So is Derek Jeter the worst? It wasn't Jeter. Uh, he was in response. It wasn't Jeter. It was, this is, this is <laughs> pre... The, those pitchers are pre-Jeter era. Paddock is pre-Jeter. Pre-Jeter. He's young. He he got traded, I believe, for Fernando Rodney, I believe. I think. That's correct. Wow. Yeah. It, it really makes you want to question, is that just really bad luck by the Marlins? Or is that just pure incompetence from the top down? I'm calling it pure incompetence. You have to be able to... There. Listen, not every guy is going to be a stud prospect. But you need to know who in your system can come up and be a, a significant member of your team. I'm not saying that there are you know a million scouts out there that thought Luis Castillo or Domingo Herman were gonna like turn into what they've looked to be this year. And I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that Domingo Herman is one of the best pitchers in baseball because I'm not there yet. It's been a month it's and a couple size. weeks, right? Mm -hmm. But you need to be good at evaluating talent. And nobody does it better than Brian Cashman. I mean, look at what the guy does. It's true. Trades for Domingo Armand. Gives up nothing. Trades for Luke Voigt. Gives up nothing. Jason Shreve. Guy stinks. Trades for Aaron Hicks. Gives up nothing. Trades for Didi Gregorius. Doesn't give up much. But Didi! I mean, you have to be able to evaluate your own talent. You have to be able to evaluate other teams' talent. And it's a disaster that they had three young, fresh arms that are better than everyone in their rotation right now, minus maybe Caleb Smith? Uh, while you were just talking about Cashman, I just want to bring up the point that there is no way that he does not have blackmail on every single GM in baseball. The amount of rip-off trades that this guy pulls off year in and year out to make sure that the Yankees consistently have good, young talent on that team is insane. If I'm a general manager and Brian Cashman calls me inquiring about the players in my minor league system, I'm telling him to fuck off and hanging up the phone. Never completing a trade with that guy. Never. Why would you ever? I mean, and I think the thing is, like, these GMs are probably like, like the Cardinals GM last year, who's a good GM, John Moziliak. Like, he's trading for, like, Chazen Shreve and Giovanni Gallegos with the hope that they can just give him some serviceable innings. 
for a guy, Luke Boyd, who he doesn't think is probably ever going to play for them. And then they turn around and trade for Goldschmidt. Well, you know, Goldschmidt's great, but could have Luke Boyd for nothing. Yeah, you, yeah. Okay. I'm serious. Yeah. You keep you keep the guys that you have. Not only do you have to... It's not, it's not to say that Boyd is better than Goldschmidt, but Boyd right now is being paid next to nothing. Goldschmidt right. just got signed to a monster extension. It's a matter of value. And he's yeah, and he's thirty one. So I mean, there's there's a value thing that goes along with building a team. Right, bang for your buck. Right. Void's case, it's a big bang, little buck. Gotta love that. Got it. Well, now, a word from our sponsors. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. Kit Kat bar. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. For with the waiting young, I ain't gonna let you lose some time. Ladies and gentlemen, we're breaking off pieces left and right, sideways, slanty ways, figure eights, whatever piece you want. If it's a normal size, we got four of them. You can share it with four four pals. If it's a little two guy, you give away on Halloween. You and your best friend can share it. Is there anything more certain in life than the fact that you need to break off a Kit Kat one by one? You cannot be biting into the Kit Kat, all oh. four together, and if you do that, that's a, it's that's, a serial killer move. That's the sign of a psychopath. It really is. That would be, that's like biting into your own string cheese. Don't bite the string cheese. Actually, what I do sometimes, I will bite the tip of the string cheese, and that makes it much easier to peel the strings off. Okay, I'm, I'm okay So that, that way you don't have to dig your nail into the top and then you get cheese under your fingernails. I can get, I can get know, behind that. Nobody wants cheesy nails. Nobody wants cheesy nails. You want cheesy strings and clean nails and by biting the top off, well, that gives you just that. And you gotta love that. And what do you also have to do? Yeah, Believe absolutely. Yeah, to suck, to suck it. it. What do you say now, boy? Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We're better than ever. Hestrick is here, I believe. Uh, actually, no, it's not. I take that back. It's not Christmas yet. But when it comes Christmas time, boy, howdy. Everybody's getting a Hestruck, and you know what it's going to be? Probably better than ever. I mean, it's definitely, you can, you can lock that in. Show is brought to you by Hestruck. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our next segment, which we like to call... Who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that? Where we will go a little round table between myself, Uncle Train, Michael, the big dog, and Matthew, Fred Olton, and we are going to dish out <coughs> a couple stats for a player that we think is killing it this year, but you really gotta be wondering, who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that? So, Michael, you got a nice little faux hawk going on now. Thank you. Do you, uh, do you want to kick us off, or do you want me to uh, do the honors? I would love to do it. Okay. All right, so my guy, so far this season, seven home runs, 22 runs scored, in the second year, 14 RBI, batting a cool 344, and is fifth in the major leagues with a 2.1 war. I ask you both, who the fuck is that? 
Honestly, I'm asking myself that. Damn. How is the it fuck 22 you, runs scored? How the fuck do you have a 2 point... How do you have a 2.5 war with, like, 14 ribbies? 22 runs scored, actually, at this point in the season, I don't think is, like, that high. Like, there are some other guys that are up in, like, the 30s already. I would assume he's got crazy D. But this guy is hitting 344 and is fifth in the league in Fangraph's war. National League or American? I think you got to guess first, and then we'll break we'll break down by him. Uh, sheesh. Honestly. Unless you got no guesses. I, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Freddie Freeman. Not Freddie Freeman. Solid guess, but not the Freddie Freeman. Any guesses before Uncle you got to take it. You got to take a stab at it. Jesus Christ, man. Uh... This is really hard. I just like to say that. Get yeah, that well, on the record. It's not, it's not supposed to be easy. I'll give you a hint. It's not Timmy Anderson, is it? It's not Timmy Anderson. I'll give you a hint. Solid guess. This player resides in the American League. You want a little bit more than that? Yeah, I need a little bit more. He is also an infielder. Okay. It's not Ursh, is it? It's not Giovanni, <laughs> the happy fella, Urshela. I wouldn't do that here. Uh, he's got less homers. I saw it on the TV yeah, screen. He's only got two homers. Yeah, I had no clue. Would you like to know who the fuck it is? At this point, yeah. Michael, I think you need to tell minutes. me. Who the fuck is that? Well, this player resides in Minnesota. His name is Georgie Polanco. Georgie P. Wow. Absolute stud so far this season. Killing it. Five for five game yesterday. Looks legit. I believe he was suspended last year for a little bit, but this guy's the real deal so far this season. I was going to use a Minnesota twin for my who the fuck is that. Can. Now I'm no longer going to. Uh, <laughs> well, Uncle Train, let me, uh, let me get to your uh, who the fuck is that. Well, ladies and gents, this player... I'm not going to tell you if it's a hitter or a pitcher. This player, in seven starts, <laughs> has gone seven plus innings in five of those seven. The other start being six. The other start being the very first of the season, where he went four and a third. He's got a 2-4 ERA right now. He's 3-2. and two. But the numbers would say otherwise. And he's got a two and a half war. Now I ask you. Who the fuck is that? Is that Matthew Boyd? It is not Matthew Boyd. But. Is it Patrick Corbin? It is not Patty Corb. Alright, let's get a, uh... Let's get a hint. Although, actually, can I can I take one more guess? You can take one more guess. Is it Martin Perez? No, it is not Martin Perez. I'll give you a hint. This little baby boy resides in the American League West. Alright, so he's an American League pitcher, pitching to a 2-4 ERA. Has been giving and he's gone, and he's gone, yeah, he's gone deep in almost every single start. He's, I'll give you a hint. 
He's got a complete game shutout under his belt this season. I know who it is. It's Mikey Miner. It is Michael Miner. Texas Rangers. Michael. Walker, Texas Rangers. Mikey Miner. Gotta walk hard, baby. He's Yeah, he's pitching very well so far this, this season. There's no doubt about that. He's on yeah. an absolutely unbelievable run to start the season. Yep. And you got to tip your cap. You know, a guy like that, he's helping a team like the Texas Rangers stay relevant. Yeah. They're yeah. wavering at 500 at this point in this season. I don't think anybody could have predicted that. Nice job out of first-year manager Chris Woodward. Joey Gallo. How about it? He's playing really well. I mean, that average is up there around, like, what, 260? Mm. What was that year? Who the fuck is that? Was it Joey Gallo? No, it wasn't Joey Gallo. <laughs> <laughs> but I did hear a great stat about Joey Gallo. Uh, 100 homers before 100 singles. Yep, miraculous. How's that possible? The guy only mashes dongs. Only. That's worse than Adam Dunn. Strictly dongs. Yeah, but he's, I mean, now he's hitting a little bit, and it's, I mean, this. the whole thing on this guy was that if he ever hit to, like, anywhere like 240 and above this guy was going to be a perennial all-star look at him now yeah we'll see if it keeps up i don't buy it yet holding down the fort in arlington gotta love that folks gotta love it so i asked you who the fuck is that you told me who the fuck it was michael great job thank you very much congrats on to you you old frat you old all right well i was having a tough time deciding yeah between who the fuck i was gonna pick hmm but, I've made my decision. So, my player, I'm just going to give you the league off the bat. For the sake of giving, I'm feeling generous. Wow. Generosity. He's, he's in the National League. He's a young gun. Not too young. He's been around for a couple of years, but okay. he's still a young gun. All right. Uh, this year, he's already got nine dongs. 27 RBIs, and he's been a crisp 255, which is right around right around his career average. So, I ask you, who the fuck is that? My first guess, someone's coming to mind right off the top of the old noggin. Is his name Fran Mill Reyes? No, that is in fact not his name. Uncle Train. Give us a nice little guess here. He's in the NL. He sure is. Young Gun. Young Gun. By Young Gun, I mean he's 25. Okay. There's still plenty of time to improve. He's not quite in his prime. No. 25. And also, his career high in home runs before this season was 14. Holy shit. He's already got nine. I was going to say Eugenio Suarez, but... Uh, he's, he, he had a big year he last big, year. He had like 25 dongs last year. May I take another guess? Yeah, sure. I actually... My, my, my next guess is going to be Christian Walker. Ooh. No. He is a young gun. Christian he is. Walker. He's off to a great start, yes. I'll give you another hint, if you'd like it. He's on the same team as Christian Walker. Oh, I know who it is. I know who it is. You know? I don't know. The pot calling the kettle black. It's Kettle Marte. Guys, off to an unbelievable start. Kettle man. That is it. Congratulations. Uh, wow, the big dog getting two of them. You gotta tip your cap to the big dog. He really knows who the fuck it is. He does know who the fuck I it is. I know who the fuck it is. That's just how it is. Absolutely. I know who the fuck it is. Holy shit. I know who the fuck it is. The kettle man. Well, the tea kettle is hot. It's piping. We're ready to pour some. Unfortunately, we're sipping cups of Joe because we're Uncle Train the big dog in the morning sipping cups of Joe. Talking about baseball. But now... Tea kettle's screaming. We gotta pour some tea. 
we're I'd, changing it up. I'd also like to give an honorable mention, just because I'm very impressed with this guy this year. Of course. Uh, Ryan Presley of the Houston Astros. Oh, Ryan Elvis Presley. He's a beast. Setup man for domestic abuser, Roberto Asuna. Fuck that guy. Douche. Fuck him. But uh, Presley just came over to Houston last season. Yeah. And he has given up a total of two runs. In how many innings? In... 38 innings. Holy As a setup man. Shit. His career ERA is 3.39. Something is in the water in Houston because any pitcher that goes there that's been mediocre somehow becomes incredible. Well, I will say Ryan Presley last year on the Minnesota Twins was producing like an elite level reliever before going to the Astros. He was pitching very well. So they acquired him uh, at. At the deadline, I believe. Um, but he was pitching very well in Minnesota first half of last year. I, I just think that... Not at this level. Not yeah. at that level. But you're just noticing it also now because he's on a team where you're going to notice it. That's that's the thing also. True. True. The, the Astros are also a team at this point. Like what you were saying with uh, Cashman before. Like if they're asking for somebody, you're not gonna, you don't want right. to give them up. The Astros, if they're asking you for a pitcher... Don't give it to him. Don't give it to right. him. Because they're going to turn whatever guy you send them into a spin rate monster. He's going to be striking out a ton of people. He's going to become virtually invincible. Yep. So don't trade with the Houston Astros. But don't trade pitchers to the Houston Astros. Rule of pitcher. Lesson learned. Rule of thumb. Let's see if everybody learns that lesson, huh? Stick out. Stick out. And on our final segment of today's podcast, we're introducing Knights of the Round Table, where Fratty O... The night will speak to Uncle Train and myself, the big dog, the round table. Fredo, take it away. Uh, well, thanks for the floor, guys. Hold on I... one second. This fucking <laughs> piece of shit police car. Is that a police car? Sounds like an ambulance. Can't that's a fire truck. Fire truck. That's, that's a fire truck. We that's, the Hesh, that's actually the Hess truck. <laughs> oh, fun fact. Jeez, oh, always getting pissed. He's better truck. than ever. He's coming for you. He heard you. Do you need to restart that? That's it's running. Okay. We're running. Jesus Christ. I think it's because I put my air conditioner in, so now all the sounds are coming in from outside. They also know how hot my take is about to be. Oh, it's about That's to be. true. The fire truck is coming. <laughs> yeah, it's they're, they're truck. preparing. They're like, wow. holy are shit, you, this kid's about to light Are you it about up. to call Mickey Calloway the best manager in Mets history? Right? Okay. <laughs> Fred Olton, take the floor. So, thank you guys. I appreciate the platform. Of course. Um, my hot topic for the upcoming week is how much longer does Mickey Calloway have? At this point, it's a little ridiculous how quickly this team manages to fall off both years under his reign. Um, I was one throughout the offseason who was a firm believer that we should give him one more chance. The roster last season was not what it should have been. Um, a lot of injuries, a lot of bad signings in the offseason, bringing back players from the year before mm. who really didn't fit the mold. Um, so I wanted to have, you know, a month or two to give him off to a good start, let him maintain it, ride it out. We've reached a point where we've lost to enough bad teams and we're not really floating above water. Where if they lose the series to the Miami Marlins, they 
they have to not put him on the plane. They can't bring him back. They got to give him the Willie Randolph, which I thought was super disrespectful. But if they could do it to Willie, they could do it to Mickey. There's no reason they can't. Uh, you know, they brought in Jim Riegelman for a very obvious reason. Last season, he came in as the interim manager for the Reds. I'm not going to say the Reds were amazing, but they were 100 times better than they were before he took over that team. So they're going to have Riegelman be able to step up, hopefully right the ship, but I think it's very possible that if they lose the series to the Marlins this weekend, that Mickey is gone and they wind up selling a lot of assets at the trade deadline this year. If they lose the series to the Marlins, I will absolutely lose my shit. This is a team that is by far, next to the O's, the worst team in baseball. They're absolutely laughable. They are not even a triple-A team. They are a fucking single-A team. If we lose a series to them, I'm going to be livid. That being said, I don't feel I think as passionate of getting rid of Callaway at this point in this season. I don't think our issues have necessarily been his fault. The in-game management hasn't been detrimental to the point where he's costing us games. We were seeing with Terry Collins a couple of years ago, he was making these boneheaded moves, bringing in relievers in retarded situations. Those sort of in-game mismanagements were literally costing us the game. We were watching it before our very eyes. I think here, what Callaway has brought since then has been a little bit more... Um, a little bit more analytics, some more modern day sort of stuff. Again, I don't, I don't think he's batting people in the wrong order. Yeah, there was the, you know, the slip up last year where he did bat. Uh, I mean, that is like, but like that is like standout bad. Like that's not like first year. I think manager. when I think I know, but I think when you, I think when you talk about him not being a good manager, like everyone's confident enough to put like the right line. The guy's played that. baseball his whole life. He's been around the game his whole right. life. You know how to bat your team in the right order. Right. And you know what? You say he's bringing something different than we've seen in the past, like Terry Collins. He's still not bringing much. And the matter of the fact is, Brody's probably looking for any possible excuse to get rid of him and bring in his own guy. Most GMs, when they come in, they clean house. They clean house so that they can have their own legacy when they leave. Hopefully. Mm. You know, hopefully there's success. Fuck it. If we lose the series to the Marlins, I want him gone. Well, also, a piece of a shit. very short sample size, but Brody Van Wagenen's moves have not been good. I mean, Edwin Diaz is fine, right? He's been good, right? Like, he's been good. He's been good. He hasn't not been a, great. He's not as advertised. Robinson Cano has been horrible. Call it what it is. Yeah. He hasn't been good. He's been a little hurt here and there. Jed Lowry hasn't touched the field. Not his fault. Not his fault. Familia and Wilson are awful. Yep. I mean, Familia especially. I mean, I think Familia is one that really stands out as a complete miss because there were other guys out there, Adam Adovino, that they could have had for around that price tag. Lower. I'm pretty sure Familia and Adovino almost had identical contracts. Adovino's was cheaper. And Adovino was was actually performing very, very well. I think think he's getting less money. He's getting less money because he's older. That's that's it. But I I remember, Mikey, me and you had this talk during free agency the Adovino Familia comparison. I was very okay with bringing Familia back. You know, I liked the fact that he had that closer experience in case there was an injury to Edwin Diaz. They would have somebody to be able to plug in right. and they'd be able to sustain the back end of the bullpen. But it's been, it's been tough. a travesty. It's I'll, been an absolute mess. Also with Familia, just to just to note, 
I was expecting that if you take him out of a high leverage situation, throw him into a setup man role, he's not closing out the game, maybe it's a completely different mindset. We've seen what he was able to do in 2015 and 16. Maybe if you take him out of a situation where he's a little too stressed, he could he could cool down a little bit and be the dominant the dominant pitcher that we've seen. I wasn't even that concerned about it because of what he did in Oakland setting up uh, Blake Trinan. He really performed solid when he went over to Oakland, and I uh, which I what, just could I couldn't have seen this coming. I exactly. just it's very hard to predict relievers year to year, but. You do have, like, listen, we have a few moves right now that we can judge the guy on. And the returns are, are not looking good so far on his investments. Um, yes, I think that there's something to be said about him potentially being able to bring in his own guy. But, like, he's got to prove his own his own worth. I mean, the, the, the players on the Mets right now who are the guys that are really good and promising who are those assets that if you guys do continue down this path and need to sell at the deadline, those are Sandy Alderson's guys. And he took a fall, but, like, he had some good players. And I'm not saying he was a great general manager because he wasn't. But some of these guys who are producing for the Mets are part of the Alderson era. I, you got to see something from Brody Van Wagenen, former agent, uh, you know, a, as we head into the season or move forward within the season. It was a very pivotal offseason with hiring a new general manager and having him make his moves. Um, but I, so far, it just has seemed like a, a complete bust. It fucking sucks. It really does. But say love me. That's the life of a Mets fan. You hate to see it. You definitely don't got to love it. But you absolutely have absolutely. to suck it. That is a lock. There is no other constant in my life. Ladies and gentlemen, the clock is ticking, my balls are itching and chafing, and we gotta sign off. We will talk to you in two weeks. God fucking damn it, son of a, have a great fucking night, great weekend, great morning if you're listening to this in the morning. Have a good day, alright? So, Rivederci, Rivaducci, gotta love it. Absolutely have to suck it. <laughs>